Welcome in to the District of Champions podcast. LP and FP here breaking down everything DC sports. Seems like we haven't had sports for an eternity here, FP. The pandemic has put all sports on hold, uh, but we're back. We got NBA, we got NHL, we got training camp around the corner, MLS restart. I mean, we literally have almost all sports playing at the same time. This is kind of like a dream come true. Yeah, it's a little bit of the uh, the October effect, right, where everything's going on. It's kind of playoffs, kind of not playoffs. Uh, all we're missing is football, but at this point, training camp articles is better than anything we've had in a very long time. So um, I'm, I'm excited. I, it's been so long. It's been so long. It's been way too long. Let's talk a little bit about uh, – before we kind of break down everything on, on each of the individual sports, let's talk about a little bit about the pandemic here. Um, so the NHL decided to do a two, two hub city, right? And apparently they couldn't do them in the United States. They had to go to Canada to do that. NBA went to Orlando. MLS went to Orlando. Um, baseball decided we're just going to have empty ballparks and our, our sport is socially distant in itself, which has shown some, uh, some negative, um, you know, consequences there with the breakout of the Marlins, I guess, but. You know, I think everyone thought that maybe the MLB was going to be on hold starting on Monday, but it seems like they're pushing through. And the NFL seems like they're going to try to follow suit. Um, if you were commissioner of these sports, would you look at doing hub cities? Would you? How would you do this? Uh, I mean, hub city is definitely going to be the the best for COVID, right? Like that, the bubble's clearly working for NBA and for NHL. Um, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, there's like between the two sports, there's what, like maybe one positive test or something like that. With, I think with their the, everyday the NBA's testing. had zero from what I, what I recall. And then yeah, I, they just did I testing think, and they just got another zero. Yeah, I think I the think, NHL uh, is the same. Yeah, I mean, hockey players are taking this very serious, though. Um, and, and that's one thing that you can actually say, you know, the more serious that players are going to take this, the easier it is going to be to be in a hub city or in a, in a bubble for um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, but part of it is if, if you kind of take a look at the, the bigger picture, how can you ask anyone to kind of stay in, in a hotel or in a complex for more than, you know, 30 days, 60 days mask max, right? People are just going to, it's going to be the same thing that people are doing now. People kind of took quarantine serious and then people get tired, right? It's, it's just, yeah. I, I get that, but you also have to factor in, like, these are professional athletes making a buttload of money doing presumably what it is that they love. Like, does it suck their away from their loved ones? Yes, absolutely. But it's it's gotten to the point where if I'm going to be making all this money to play the sport that I love, then let's suck it up and do it because up until – we resumed everything. The, the the athletes themselves were stuck in quarantine, right? They weren't doing anything. They're doing Zoom meetings and 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 virtual practices and and keeping themselves healthy at their own homes. But so you have to assume for that first three weeks, four weeks of their re- resumed season, they should be all in and ready to just kind of attack. Um, and I think personally, if you're a player that's not going to follow the guidelines set by the commissioner or the league or whatever it's it's selfish on your part um 
to kind of ruin it for everybody else. Right. And and you can see in the climate of just like America right now, forget like everybody else in the world waiting for sports. You could tell like it's almost like your civic duty as an athlete to take this seriously and and give the nation sports back to just kind of help keep them at home, help keep them sane, sane, help keep them like doing what they're supposed to do. Right. Like it's now more than ever more important to be an athlete and kind of stick to the guidelines set before you. Yeah. I mean, if there's one thing this pandemic has taught us is that we as a country and we as the world need sports, right? We need sports to get away from, you know, the mundane BS that we're kind of dealing with every day, day in and day out. And something to just, you know, get our minds off of all the stuff that's going on. So yeah, we definitely I mean, just, need sports, but I mean, I, I can, I can also see it, right? Chicken wings, you know, you got to have some good chicken wings. You can't just, you know, eat hotel food day in and day out. So um, the, the NBA donk who left to get chicken wings and then got <laughs> put in 14 day in quarantine. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of see where he's coming from. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I, I get it, but it's like, come on, like. Are you going to tell me that you're you're just eating regular room service food? You're, like the team and the league isn't going to try to make it as comfortable as possible for you in these above average hotels. It's not like they're staying at like the Motel Inn or like or like Comfort Suites. They're they're staying at like nicer places. So I mean, like what was me? Like it's not that bad. You can suck it up while you make your millions of dollars to play a sport. You can eat subpar chicken wings for a couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think you can do it for 30 or 60 days, but when you're talking about an NFL season of, you know, if you kind of factor in training camp and mini camp and all those, it's really like, what, June, uh, I guess July to um, January? I mean, December yeah, for the, if you're the it, Washington football team. <laughs> it sucks for sure, but if you if you came right down to me and you're like, hey, FP, we need you to be on this football team. We'll give you $2 million a year. Oh, by the way, you have to avoid your family and eat a can of tuna and a protein shake every day. I'm like, sweet, let's do it. I have no problem with that. And it's just, it's just something stupid. Just suck it up, play the sport, follow the rules. It's not that hard. Yeah, and I, I do like that, you know, the NFL is giving players the option to opt out, right? If they have, you know, maybe high-risk family members or whatever, you know, personal circumstances that they have that they can opt out. Um, I think they opt out, they get 350k. What I've learned is that that 350k is just an advance for the next year, so it's a loan. Um, and, and if you are cut, you got to pay that that money back. Oh, I know just a lot of people. I mean, are they going to go after the players for not paying them back 350,000? Can I pay you back like installments, like? <laughs> That's kind of how you did how you did me in uh, fantasy football this year. Yeah, yeah, one dollar a day for a hundred days, and then after <laughs> twenty two days, we both <laughs> lost interest. So, <laughs> so we'll talk. Uh, let's talk NBA. Um, have you been watching any of the Wizards game? The the youngest team in the NBA has gone winless. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even get a primetime spot. They're playing at four o'clock. I I'll tell you what. I really really tried at the start to watch. Um, but it's just it, – to me, it's not even the Wizards team, right? Like it's – what's the point of watching this Wizards team if if Beal's not on the court, if Wall 2.0 isn't back yet? Like, yeah, great. Your bench guys are getting more time. Rui should be more prepared for the next season 
to kind of be in a, a more prominent role. But, eh, I mean, it's it's boring, hoping, especially now. I was, was going to say just the NBA right now is all seeding, right? So even the stack teams aren't really caring right now. So it's nice to see, but, like, bubble games and seeding games turn into preseason excitement really fast. Yeah, it, it, that's true. I, I mean, there's there's a race for the eight seed in the West, so some of those games are pretty good. Um, the East is, you know, it is what it is. They're they're playing for seeding one through eight. Um, but I would say for the Wizards, I really wanted to see Rui kind of step up and be like a 25 point per game, you know, seven, eight, ten rebounds. Um, but he really hasn't showed that. He's kind of been who we thought he was. I mean, today he had eight points, eight rebounds. I mean, that's not that's not a start in the making. I mean, it, I know it's early and all that stuff, but maybe he was a bust. Maybe he no, wasn't no, 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 who no. we thought he could be. I, I hear people comparing him to Kawhi or a younger Kawhi. I'm like, not even close. Like, he's I, in the wrong spot, first of all. He's playing, at, he's playing at the four. He should be playing at the three. Troy Brown Jr., another guy who – we thought would, you know, maybe step up. But at this point, I'm not sure he's better than uh, Kelly Oubre. I mean, no, so I don't I, really know what, think... the, what the Wizards are doing other than hoping that Brett, that John Wall can come back to what John Wall was last year with him, Beal, maybe um, Thomas Bryant just showed some potential. But I... other than that, I mean, they're in they're in eight, nine seed purgatory hell. I truly, truly believe that Rui has – a high ceiling and I think he just needs to have like that douchebagginess pulled out of him that tenacity pulled out of him that you kind of get with Beal and Wall right if you were to play more with Beal and Wall and like if you like go back in time a little bit and remember like Wall on the court and like his cockiness and like the smack talk and just coming out aggressive and coming out like I run S I do all of it you know, like, you need that to kind of pull it out of Ruby, right? Right, Because right now, he's he's thrown into this game, and he's looked upon as, like, your quote-unquote star power, essentially. But he's he's never kind of really balled with Beal and Wall to the point where, like, they're pulling out the the passion and the aggression and the, and the cockiness that he kind of needs to shine in a game, right? Like... You got to remember, like, he's a young kid, right? Like, he's what, like, he needs kind of to see that, that leadership role and to see kind of how you go into game time, like, dead, dead set, like, locked eyes, just ready to just kind of talk yeah, smack. I think we can agree that he's not the third superstar that the Wizards need. They need another superstar. It's got to come through free agency. Oh, for sure. For the sure. draft yes. is just not fruitful for them. Um, and then they, they, they just can't pull anyone. It seems like, no, they did the all in for Katie, you know, three, four years ago. And then ever since then, it's just kind of been, you know, a bunch of mid-level guys, the Davis Bertans and, you know, all these types of players. But they really need that third superstar. And I think without really landing that in free agency, we're going to be in eight, ninth spot, you know, for, for the rest of the time. Right. And then. John's, I think, 30, over 30 years old now, coming off of a, a, a torn Achilles. So who knows how he's going to be. But 
I mean, I, I'm not banking on the Wizards to to bring us back to the District of Champions here. Look, uh, and this is kind of leapfrogging to to the football team, but if Alex Smith can show up and practice and have no setbacks, then John Wall, after 9,000 years, should be able to come back and ball, right? So even at 85%, John Wall is is still top tier, right? Like that's how good he was at his prime, 100% healthy, which we didn't get to see too much of, but we saw it enough and we know he should be able to come back and, and kind of get his legs back. And, and, and I, I don't think his mental has gone anywhere, right? I think he's going to trust his body and, and still do the same things. So, yeah, I mean, I, even when he does come back, I, I think he's the number two superstar on the team. I think Bradley Beal has has cemented his his spot on the team as the number one guy. I mean, for sure, what he did this year was incredible, averaging over thirty points a game. I mean, I think there's only been um, one or two players who are, yeah. have been in that range this year. So obviously, what he's done is is amazing. But um, you know, he opted out of of the you know, this, this postseason or the, whatever it's called, you know, the NBA is back. Um, I mean, honestly, and, he, and really he needed he, it. He, I mean, he could have, they, they look, they could have made an eight seed spot with him back. They could have tried to make a run. I mean, Let, let's be honest. So how far are you going to get? I'd much rather you, like you worked like a dog all of last season, the start of this season, like rest up, save the mileage and, and go, 110% whenever the next season starts, hopefully with Wall, be fully, fully healthy, right? Like, knowing the Wizards' luck, knowing DC's luck, yeah, District of Champions, all that, but the Wizards specifically, there is no doubt in my mind that if Beal didn't opt out and he was sitting at that bubble, he's getting injured. There's no doubt in my mind he would have had an injury. I 100% believe that. And that's what they did. They basically said, we're going to try to build our, our younger players and uh, come back next year and see what we can do, which I I can understand that too. But from a fan's perspective, I just want to see some more competitive games. Now, for sure, I, I think I, I mean, at this point they're striking out. I don't think they're going to win a single game. Honestly, who cares at this point? This this season is already asterisk. Whoever wins is getting an asterisk next to their their championship title. It, it's all kind of. I mean, I mean, it's fun to watch, but it's garbage. Like ten years from now, let's say some team has a Cinderella run and they go out and they and they and they win the the finals right 10 years from now if they after their second rebuild and they show up what's the narrative going to be oh this is the team that won during the pandemic blah 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 fake season blah 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 cut short it, it's all asterisk right so why kill yourself if you're Beal now to to take a chance to be that Cinderella story when it's really not from a, like a competitor's mindset, like the true taste of victory. You know what I mean? It's like, it's almost like a half victory. Yeah. I mean, and you're right. Even with Beal, a healthy Beal, um, they're not getting out of the first round of the playoffs. And so I, I, I get it that you're going to put all your chips in for next year and, and hope to land somebody in free agency if that ever happens. Um, and, and, you know, maybe John can come back. Like you said, if Alex can come back, from that injury, which is, you know, was life-threatening, you know, leg amputation kind of stuff. Yeah. Then maybe John can come back from an Achilles in two years past or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, Almost just, two years. just kind of being in D.C., seeing Adrian Peterson kind of sh- proving that he's 
unstoppable. Um, and you have Alex Smith and you, like just seeing those two guys down the street from you, like you're, you're not going to puss out. You're, you're going to be like, yeah, I can play. Let's, let's go. Right. Like that's just kind of the DC narrative at that point. Right. Like that's what you're going to be compared to Alex Smith and Adrian Peterson, who are two guys in, in very elite company and have proven that injuries don't stop them. So that's true. Let's shift into uh, the team that can actually bring us back to the District of Champions, the, the Capitals. Yes. we have played uh, one game so far, right? And uh, there's the, the loss in, uh, in overtime. But, you know, it's still it's basically playoff seating. So, um, you know, still getting their wheels underneath them. But this team really, um, you know, has a shot, right? Um, Samsonov not coming back, right, out for the, for the rest of the season. So... It's all on Holtby, but, um, I mean, he's done it before. Right. So, I mean, you're, you're essentially, like, this is essentially, realistically, Holtby's swan song, right? Like, there's a very good chance he's not coming back. He's going to want to play as good as he can play and kind of cement himself in in NHL history as one of the greatest ever. And then definitely for Caps, he's, he's already cemented as our greatest keeper. Um, but as far as the first game went, we did play really, really well, started slow, then we kind of picked it up. Um, and you have to remember, we took Tampa Bay to a shootout without Carlson, which is huge. Um, the fact that you can even kind of survive Tampa Bay like that. And and it's the same Tampa Bay that we faced in the finals, right? It's still that fast, really precise team. And, and we took it to them and... Uh, the separate subject would be how stupid it is that for a seeding game, you go into a shootout, right? Like you should never have a skills game decide a seeding format for playoffs, but that's what they decided to do. Uh, the NHL, which I personally think is stupid, but I'm not too worried about it. The the Caps started the season really, really well. Um, and some people, if you've forgotten, they sucked before, before the pause, right? Like they, they were, dealing with like a non-chemistry rough looking team that couldn't really string together too many wins and it's almost like this reset came at the perfect time for the caps where you know what you have on the team you know koozie you know Ovi, you know what you have in your players and it was almost like they needed that reset to kind of collect themselves regroup and come out strong and if you know the capital sister you know we start every season on fire and i'm i'm assuming their mentality right now is this is a new season and they're going to come out on fire so i think our next game is against the flyers uh i think tomorrow maybe friday if I, i'll have to double check uh, four it's tomorrow yeah. four and then um then i see boston on the schedule on sunday and i don't see anything else does that mean that there's just four seeding games and then playoff start yeah, so it's it's just seeding for the top teams, right? So um, that's essentially all it is, and then and then playoffs will will begin. Um, I'm not too worried about the Capitals. The Flyers were kind of on our ass for the Metro the whole time. Boston was a really good team. They look like they're struggling at the start of this reset, um, but it's some good tests for us for sure before we actually get into uh, the actual playoffs. But you know, uh, the, the Caps are a team, you can never count them out, right? And and they proved that against Tampa Bay, right, down 0-2. You just can't count that team out because they just need that one spark 
that one hit, like Panic got that one goal, and boom, you you caught it, and and all of a sudden you're in overtime, right? So the Capitals so this, to me definitely are the they benefited the most from from the pandemic. If for any reason they got their consecutive Metro title because they just called it while we were in, on top of the division, so we we were probably poised to lose the Metro this year, and then they called it and we got it. So. They're definitely doing well with the pandemic reset. So I see that um, the Caps have 90 points. The Flyers have 89. So tomorrow's game is going to be for that top seed in the Metro. Um, So pretty big game. For sure, yeah. And then the the Bruins are at 100 points, so no chance of really catching them. But, yeah, maybe maybe they take a a rest day on Sunday. But, again, tomorrow's, tomorrow's a pretty big game. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say that, uh, that NHL playoff hockey is, is probably one of the most entertaining, you know, playoff sports, um, out of all the the major sports. So that's going to be fun to watch. Um, and you know, maybe we can bring that title back again. Well, you you said it yourself, right? It's been a while since we've had a title here. It's been a good 10 months or so. It's, it's crazy that it's been this long. I'm so, I'm so not used to it. <laughs> and over those 10 months, it's been uh, you know, four months of no sports. So. Speaking of we, the we team. We got an on our 10 months. Speaking of the team that last brought us a title, they are struggling. They have zero offense, and they are very boring to watch. You must be talking about the, about the Mystics here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure that they, they did win after the Nats. Elena Deladon completely opting out, taking 900 pills for her Lyme disease. So boring. Understand? Understand? Boring. It's tapping into my inner Joe there. Let's let's get get to a better sport. <laughs> the Nats are struggling. Um, no offense. Really, I mean, struggling all around. There's no there's no way to sugarcoat that. In a 60 game season, uh, you lose you know four or five. That's that's a pretty big chunk of your 60-game season already. So baseball used to always be who gets hot at the right time. Now it's who can sustain being hot for the most of the season. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I don't think it's I don't think it's the Nats year again. But um, the the championship hat is pretty fire though. Oh man, that gold curly W is fantastic. I think it's sold out everywhere. I'm so happy I already bought it. I couldn't find my size. I need to wait till it comes back in stock. Oh, it's such a good hat. Um, I mean, I, I want to dig more into the Nets. I'm probably not the guy to do it. We all know this. Um, but from what I've seen and, and what Nothing I've read. Nothing to dig into. They don't, they don't score. Um, and, you know, they, they had like a 10-game a layoff because of uh, the Marlins uh, outbreak. <laughs> that's really that's it. There's a, so, nothing else my, to it. My only question, and this is based off like article headlines and, and skimming, is it true when they joke that our offense kind of went out the door when we let Rendon go? Like, is that is that really what we're struggling with? No, I mean you also have to put into perspective the Juan Soto ordeal, where he tested uh, negative like 500 times, and DC wouldn't still wouldn't let him play. Yeah, that's um, kind of he's, stupid. He's finally back, but he's only played one game. Um, he's, you know, and and baseball's a streaky sport, so um, it's gonna take some time. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's blatantly offense. 
Um, Rondon is probably a, a piece of the puzzle, but he's not not the only piece there. Um, but again, 60 game season. If they don't get hot in the next, you know, half a month or so, it may be done so for them. I I mean, probably true, but I'm I'm kind of not really too worried about this season for them. And I mean, I think overall you're you're kind of happy with the nucleus that you still have. Um, so, yeah. The the other thing is Strasburg's hurt once again. I mean, it took him yeah, a mean, week to get hurt again. I mean, it's that that it's, happens. At but, this point, this this is who he is, right? He's just a guy he's, who's hurt all the time, and we got lucky look, last year that he was healthy. Um, at he's, the home stretch. Look, after what he did, he he kind of gets a break, right? Like you had the bad injury narrative, and then you came through and you closed it for us. We got the championship. You're hurt again. It's a funky season. All right. You're like, you earned it. Like right now, the media should let you be injured and not kind of play into the, oh, this is your legacy type thing. So I don't think it's a long-term injury. I think he's still, you know, in the plans for the season. So there's some positive there. Um, but yeah. Come on, let's, let's get to the golden nugget, man. Let's get to the golden nugget, the team we all want to talk about. There's been so much news, and we haven't team. been on air to talk about any of it. The team, <laughs> the team of DC. Um, I, I guess, I guess we can't use the 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 Redskins word anymore, even though I just said it. Um, <laughs> and you know, it, there's no surprise. Everyone knows how we felt about the name, you know, prior to to all this, um, all this stuff. Let's talk about that for a second. Are you surprised that uh, that Dan? you know, kind of changed and, and decided to, to do the, the, you know, to change the name. And did you think that any of that had to do with, you know, the, the I guess the scandal and at, at the park there, maybe um, he knew that was coming. I'm not surprised because I think he knew this was something that was going to stick around forever, even if he didn't change it this year. And I think the people around him now, Ron Rivera and and the new people in his inner circle, I think they kind of spoke to reason and they were like, listen, man, now more than ever, do you get the biggest pass to accept and change the name, right? Because all your hardcore R-word loyalists, they know what the climate of 2020 is. And yes, they'll be pissed. Yes, they'll be upset. Unless you have stupid fans burning gear and saying they'll never root for this team again. But for the most part, the majority of fans are like, yeah, we we get it. Okay. Like, now is the time more than ever. Let's just kind of get it over with. We don't want to hear about it anymore. Screw Wapo. Screw these stupid articles. Let's Let's just move on and start fresh. And I think everyone's kind of ready for that. And then losing Bruce, bringing in Ron, doing all these other off-season changes, adding a name change to it, I think it's an easier pill to swallow now than it would have been next year, that it would have been the year prior or anything like that. I think this was kind of your your perfect storm to make the name get changed and then everyone kind of just go with it. And to be honest with you, I personally love the Washington football team. Like if, if you were to tell me that is the name and there's no other name coming, no Red Wolves, no red tails, no other stupid, fake, cheesy, corny high school name coming, and you just stick Washington football team, 
I love it. I love the no logo. I love the numbers on the helmet like we're Alabama. I think it's phenomenal. I would 100% be on board with that just being our name. I mean, I'll say this. Me and you are probably some of the biggest fans of the team, right? And, you know, we've been following the team super closely, you know, pretty much our whole lives. Um, And, you know, we were obviously, we didn't want the name changed originally. But now that the name has changed, I don't really care. Like, it's not it's not that big of a deal. Like, if you change the name, just change. Like, at this point, change the name just so we don't have all that crap hanging around us anymore. Be inclusive. Make sure that, you know, everyone's treated fairly. All those kinds of things that are important. Let's go through with it. I mean, who cares? Like, the legacy of the team doesn't change, right? There's still 80 years of history, right? They were the the r word before and now they're not but that doesn't mean that it's a different organization or it doesn't mean that you know that we didn't win the super bowl back in you know 91 or whatever it is so i'm fine with it and and to be honest i really haven't seen anyone saying you know that they're gonna burn their stuff or any of that i think people are just saying yeah now i'm gonna have all these things that are now my collectible collector's items and you know i'm gonna stick to it so yeah for sure and i mean the truth is like Let's let's play Homer a little bit and, and, and go into fantasy world and let's pretend Ron Rivera turns his team around. Let's pretend let's pretend Dwayne Haskins is becomes some sort of elite, oh my god, top tier, top five quarterback in the league, and all of a sudden you're one or two holes away from, from building a dynasty. Let's let's pretend for a second that this team has an amazing twenty twenty season, string off ten wins surprises everybody and then next year you address some more holes you get a little bit stronger and all of a sudden you have a top two defense and nobody can score against you and Dwayne keeps doing good and Ron is running this this team the way a real team should be run and you get 13 wins and then the year after that you get 15 wins the year after that you're you make it to the championship the year after that you make it to the Super Bowl let's pretend for a second that that can all happen are you going to tell me that anybody's going to care about the name change? Anybody's going to care that Dan Snyder still owns this team? No. Nobody will care. W's solve everything. Nobody will care about any of that if Ron Rivera does what he's set to do, which is turn this team around and show that the talent that we have is is good enough to win. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, we're hardcore fans. And what do I care more than anything else? I care about the on-field product. I care about being a put-together organization who doesn't have leaks and doesn't have, you know, um, negative publicity all the time. I care about a, a team that competes every Sunday and that wins a good amount of games and that gives me a chance to be able to watch football in January. And that's that's really what I care about, more than what the colors are, more than what logo or what number is on the helmet, more than the color scheme, more than the color rush, more than any of that other stuff that that all that what I would call winning off the field Bruce Allen garbage, I care about winning on the field. I care about a a, a product that I'm, you know, uh, I'm I'll wear a, a t-shirt and not be ashamed that you know that's the team that I'm representing. No, I mean, and, and, and that's what and I care about most. And and you know what, Ron, I think the stuff that Ron is doing, and I think you know, obviously hiring Julie Donaldson to to kind of run. VP of media and all that stuff that she's doing and being more transparent with the fans and, you know, engaging the fans more on social media and, you know, listening to what their suggestions are. Obviously, I don't think that the, the team is going to, you know, look at some guy on Twitter who's got trademarks and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take that trademark and 
and use it as my team name, but it's cool that, you know, it's, it almost seems like we're a part of this together as, you know, as the fan base, as the team, all those things. So I like the direction that the, the organization is headed in. I think all the, you know, obviously firing Bruce was the big first step, but then also getting rid of, you know, some of the, the bad apples in the organization um, really has shown that, you know, that this team is, is changing, you know, has turned the corner a little bit. And I'm really, I'm excited to see what, you know, Ron Rivera can do, you know, on the field too. I think the the draft was a home run. I think um, our running back groups is probably, I would say like best in the NFL. I mean, if you look at it on paper, there's that running back room is stacked on, on paper. Um, sure. The talent is there, right? The talent is there. Uh, you know, there's obviously a, a, a hole there in, at receiver. Um, but other than that, I mean, really, are, are there that many holes on this team? Yes, there are. Let's there, let's let's come back to earth a little bit. I, I got you stuck in fantasy land. Let's come back to earth a little bit. There is a lot of holes on this team, tight end being one of them. And you heard my hot take. Thaddeus Moss, I'm telling you, you're going to be like Jordan Reed who, John Kittle who. Travis Kelsey, who a, I'm telling you, man. it's a hole, but then you're just praising Thaddeus Moss. <laughs> Look, it's, <laughs> so it's not it's a, a hole. It's, it's a hole because you don't have a proven player there, and your O line is tore up, right? It's still the whole left side is trash. Maybe the right side can can handle it until Morgan Moses starts the season off with a five yard penalty. Maybe they can do just enough with proper coaching to to kind of be a good patchwork O line. Um, but as much as we love Dwayne Haskins and all his shirtless Instagram videos of him throwing long bombs to Antonio Brown or, or Mohamed Sanu or whoever he's passing to, he has a lot to prove. And then if you flip to the defensive side of the ball, I love me some Ron Rivera. I love me some Jack Del Rio. I love that front line. But your linebackers are still questionable. Your cornerbacks are still questionable. Your free safety is still questionable. It, it's... There's a lot of work that needs to happen. And mind you, I do believe that coaching can address a lot of these issues. I do believe we had beyond subpar coaching, both offense and defense. And I think talent is there. It was just never tapped into. And I do do think that JDR can tap into some great talent that is on this team. And all of a sudden, these these fringe players that you and I know because we watch preseason and we follow this team religiously, we'll be like, oh, yeah, of course he's he's stepping up to the plate and doing good. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, what's his face, the cornerback? Uh, what's his name? Kendall Fuller. Youngblood. No. Baby Moreland. Moreland. Jimmy Moreland. Jimmy Moreland. Like, yeah, of course he's having a great season because we watch him and we, we've been listening to the hype this whole time. But would it surprise me if – ESPN or, or NFL Network picks up on him after he gets proper coaching? No, it doesn't surprise me at all. But with all of that said, four wins. That's my prediction. <laughs> you just reminded me about all the holes, specifically <laughs> free safety, linebacker. I don't know, man. Chase Chase Young is going to be legit. The defensive line has always been, you know, I don't know. The defensive line is just so good I, to get four wins. I don't know, man. I, I think it'll be a little bit more than that. I, I think it's a wild card. Uh, I think I think they can either go four wins or they can go ten wins, and I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> either way. I mean, I'd be surprised at ten, but I mean, yeah. If 
if your line does well, if Chase Young is who we believe he is, if Montez Sweat can continue kind of the momentum he was building towards the end of last year, and if Kerrigan is your rotational, situational guy that comes in who's still highly talented, yeah, of course the defense could could mask a lot of the issues that are in the back half of that field, right? Like if 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 Settle and Payne and Ionitis, if they do what they're meant to do, and you heard JDR say it, he's like, we're gonna get after the quarterback. No more dropping into coverage, no more of this this base boo boo three four garbage defense thing that we were doing. We're gonna use the players that we have the way they're supposed to be hand in the dirt attacking. Yes, the defense could mask a lot of inefficiencies that this team has. But on top of that, you got to score. And outside of Scary Terry and maybe a breakout running back season for one of the 30,000 running backs we have, I don't know what you're going to do. I just think you have skill players, right? You have fast. You got Antonio Gibson, um, Gandy Golden, Scary Terry, and then you still have uh, Steven Sims. Like, all these guys have the chance to take it to the house anytime they touch the ball. So I think from a you know pure athleticism point of view, there's there's some playmakers on offense. Now, whether Haskins has time to throw the ball, um, I mean, who knows? I, I don't think our left tackle is on the roster. I think they're going to end up going out and getting somebody, you know, last minute because Jerron Christian's not the answer. No. Whoever else they, but, they drafted I – mean, um, while I do, while I do love the the skill players that we drafted, you have to also think how did the pandemic affect them, right? They didn't get true OTAs, didn't get true rookie mini camps, they didn't get proper uh, like workouts in, proper like study sessions in, proper anything in, right? Like what were they doing from the point they were drafted to now? Yes, on film in college, all the highlights that we watched of AGG, everybody like that. Oh, man, they're going to be great. Oh, he's a monster. Give him the ball. We can say that, but have we seen anything? No. So, Scary well, Terry. Uh, scary no, Terry no preseason is giving also. Right. No preseason is also going to impact that. Got, and it's going to no, impact like, it. Live it's scrimmage time until game one. Yeah, and it's going to impact it in ways other than athletic ability and understanding of the playbook, right? It's going to impact you in – your your physical readiness for the game, the pace of the game, the timing of everything, just the duration of the game, TV timeouts, all the stuff that kind of factors in with preseason specifically. It's going to take a good two, three games for, for the rookies, the real rookies, to kind of understand what environment they're in. And then on top of that, it's not even a real environment. Like, it's going to feel weird playing in an empty stadium for them, right? Like... It's going to be quiet. You're going to hear everything. It's going to yeah, be but, weird. But, but the, advantage, the, the advantage the Redskins have, is, or sorry, the Washington football team has, is that <laughs> no one knows. I did it again. No one knows what this team is going to look like, right? I mean, Scott Turner had, what, seven games as offensive coordinator, um, you know, as a true offensive coordinator. And then obviously with new players and a new system and, and all that stuff, that's going to change a little bit. So we may – get the advantage of no defense really knows what, what's going to be coming to them, right? Is it going to be Dwayne Haskins throwing the long bomb? Is it going to be, you know, three, li- three, three running backs lined up in the backfield all, you know, moving out to the flat? Is it going to be things like that that really hasn't been seen? So we may have 
you know, in a sense, the, the Chip Kelly effect of, you know, one year, no one knows what they're doing. And then, you know, teams adjust after that. But by then, you would hope that Haskins has improved and that, you know, the the, the offense can mature with him. It's true. I mean, we'll, we'll definitely have the element of surprise. We had the element of surprise in 2012. 2013 was terrible for other reasons. But, <laughs> I mean, we it, it's very possible. You are right. It's very possible. And I trust Ron Rivera to kind of have, like, an ace up his sleeve and some kind of, not gimmick, but some kind of right offense I, I, that, that, that nobody's really, at least nobody who's preparing for the Redskins know what to do, right? It could be a very well-known offense that we're going to trot out on the field, but I'll tell you what, Eagles week one, they don't know what the hell they're preparing for. So pff, let's let's call it a dub, right? It's very possible. Yeah. Alex Smith back back in the fold. Um, do you think he's actually going to play this year? I mean, that would be an insane story. I mean, obviously he's someone who I think every athlete can look up to. I mean, watching that documentary was absolutely crazy. You know, seeing that he almost passed away, right? Um, they were in life-saving mode, and then for him to actually be on the football field, take you know, get clearance from his doctors. And now, you know, waiting, awaiting clearance from the, the, the team docs. Um, but it looks like he's ready to play. I mean, what happens if everyone clears him and he's like, I want to play? Does he get the start? You and I were getting ready to discuss this over text message. And we said to save it for this podcast. So I actually don't know your take on it. And I don't think you know mine. But I do believe that if he proves to be better than Dwayne Haskins, I don't see why Ron Rivera wouldn't give him QB1. Now, I also think Ron Rivera knows how to play the coaching game. And I think he knows that he kind of has an out with coming back from injury to stick with Dwayne Haskins for continuity's sake and just for kind of keeping the media at bay, right? Because if he, if he were to be like, hey, I watched it. Alex Smith is QB1, circus, boom, right away, circus, right? Everybody nationally is going to want to follow that story. So I think Ron Rivera knows he doesn't want that circus. And I think you get Dwayne Haskins QB1, even if Alex Smith could essentially be the better quarterback. And let's be honest here, he's the better quarterback as far as mechanics, study ability, knowledge, reading defenses, reading right. and he's a veteran, he's, he's a right. winner. He's he is the better quarterback. There's no We were sixty two with him as a starter. All all exactly. those things can come into play, but at some point that I think the team has to maybe step in and protect Alex from Alex. And that no one wants to see him get hurt again. I mean if he's in a football game and he gets tackled on that leg, you know, what's gonna be the reaction? of every single person in the world. I mean, cringe, you know, it, it, it's, it's going to be devastating. Right. And so right. I think I, I like Alex. I, I think he's the better quarterback. I think if this was a true competition, Alex would probably win, but I also think I don't want to see Alex get hurt. And I think that, that for the sake of his family, for the sake of his life, he needs to take a step back and say, you know, what's what's the best role that I can be in for this team to help them? And that's to mentor Haskins. Right. So and it's and to me, it's, you know, beyond IR, beyond pup, 
be on whatever list that you want to be on, where you can be in the facility, where you can be at the games, where you can be a, a you know, with the headset on, be a coach for Haskins, you know, be able to practice and, and, you know, stay in shape and all those things, but to not get hit. And I don't want to see him get hit. I mean, I ideally the perfect scenario would be Alex Smith is a QB2 that never has to see the field, right? That would be ideal because he's right there, sideline. He tells Dwayne what he sees. He He's coach on the field, right? That's ideal. But what you have but to that, also— that's not, that's not possible because in the NFL, you're only dressing 46, you know, every Sunday. And if you're QB2, there's a chance you're going to be playing. So— he, he, it would have to be QB3 and inactive, but then it's like, what's the point of using a roster spot for that? So, um, what would I, be ideal is if the NFL could could then say, you know, due to the pandemic and due to all these things, we're going to expand the roster to, you know, 65 or something like that, and he could take yeah, one of those I mean, spots. That would be nice. So, but you also have to kind of bring in Redskins history with this, right? So, if you compare Dan Snyder, Ron Rivera, Alex Smith to Dan Snyder, Mike Shanahan, RG3, I truly believe that the Dan Snyder from 2012 was of the mindset, F it, put him on the field, sell tickets, make me money, right? And Mike Shanahan, as much as we wanted to believe, had a say in his offense, didn't have a say in his offense. He he didn't actually have that that voice to be like, no, he will not be my quarterback, stand down Dan Snyder. Now, bring it into 2020, Dan Snyder is still Dan Snyder, right? He wants his money. He's getting the rebrand. He's going to get merchandise sales, whatever. It's all going to come to him regardless. But I think the the key here is if he truly believes coach-centric and Ron Rivera truly has a voice, which we've seen so far – Ron Rivera is your GM. He's basically your president. He is the voice of this team right now. If Ron Rivera says Alex Smith will not play, then Alex Smith will not play. Now, I do believe if we see Alex Smith that it was a Ron Rivera decision. I do not think it would be a Dan Snyder decision. I think it's coming from Ron Rivera. And if Ron says, Alex, you're suiting up, I trust Ron Rivera as a coach because he's the type of coach – that's player first, right? Everybody in the league, everybody in the industry, they all say Ron Rivera is like a like not a not a player's coach, right? Because that was Gruden, and then you have that debauchery. But he's he's like a like a man first. Like I care about you as a man, and then we talk about football. And I think if and he I is comfortable, because he cares about him as a man, he's gonna tell him, I can't put you on the field. Uh, I a thousand percent agree with that, but. On the off chance that he is comfortable with whatever conversations he had with doctors, Alex, or whoever, to dress Alex, then I think, A, Alex is a lot more ready than we know him to be, and B, uh, like, Ron isn't going to risk Alex and his and, and his family and any of that just for ticket sales and Dan Snyder and, or whatever. So, like, it's almost to the point where if you see Alex Smith on the field— Knowing who Ron Rivera is, you should be elated that Alex has made it back. Yeah, and for the record, I think Ron Rivera's got full control of the, the roster, full control of the team. Um, I, I think when 
you know, I think Dan's learned his lesson. And, and I know most people are going to be like, oh, no, you're, you're an idiot. But, I mean, at some point, you know, bringing in these coaches like the Shanahan's and like, you know, Gruden, like he's tried everything, right? The only thing he hasn't tried is, you know, truly letting someone else run it back away. And I think that's really what, what Ron Rivera is doing here. And that may, I, and I, I'll caveat that with, I think that's the case for this year. That may change in a year or two. Maybe Dan comes kind of like, you know, I, I don't like how things are running. I'm going to kind of take control back again. But I think for this year and for the foreseeable future, Ron's making all the choices here. Ron's making all the decisions here. Well, like I think said, that's w also a reason why they didn't hire they didn't hire GM for that reason. Yeah. I think Kyle Smith being you know VP of player personnel, great. That means you're in charge of you know bringing in free agents, bringing in draft picks, but you're going to be working with Ron on that. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, W's solve everything. So if Ron, let's say he gets six to seven wins on a, a crazy wild pandemic paused off season. I think that's enough for Dan Snyder to be like, Oh wow, this is actually working. And if we had a normal off season, we probably could have gotten blank wins. Right. I think Dan would think that way. It's, it's almost a blessing for Ron that the, this pandemic happened and he, he's left to be the one making all the decisions. Like it's, it's good. It, it, it bought him, cushion about him more uh rope on the leash or whatever the saying i don't know what i'm trying to say but it bought him more uh freedom yeah and and maybe uh, someone of his stature doesn't even need that because you know obviously he wasn't out of a job for very long you know kept that job in carolina for quite some time you know he had obviously he had the, the crap that went on with um you know the, the panthers owner a few years ago so this is none of this is new to him and, um, you know, I, I think he's fit for the job, right? I think there is no better person to be head coach um, in D.C. than him because really, you know, kind of his character is kind of coming through with a lot of these decisions he's making, all of these things he's doing. So I, I think the uh, the outlook for the team is, is definitely positive. Um, you know, I, again, I wouldn't be surprised if they're, you know, at 9-10-1 team. Now I'm not putting my money <laughs> I mean, on that, but but I don't know. Now I do want to take right? I, I do want to take a, a a small pivot since we're talking about Ron Rivera, and let's go to his previous quarterback Cam Newton, who got his one year prove it deal with the Patriots. That was a very Patriots move to do. And I would not be surprised to see Bill Belichick and Cam Newton kind of figure out how to take like the league by storm in, in whatever offense they're going to decide they have together. They've had like nine players opt out of the season so far. I think the most of any, any team. So I don't even know if they're going to be able to field the team. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, mean it, the other Patriots thing to do would be tell everyone to opt out and tank without actually tanking. And get, the, and get the number one pick and get Trevor Lawrence next year. Exactly. It would be a very Patriots thing to do. But I'm hey, kind and, of excited to see Cam Newton in Patriots gear and kind of play with his chip on his shoulder and and and, and do kind of Cam Newton-y type things. Um, it'll be funny to see 
Cam Newton next to Bill Belichick in a press conference because that's literally the most polar opposite extremes you can have of of players, right? Like a Cam Newton next to Bill Belichick has to be night and day. Yeah, definitely. Let's wrap up on this. Um, what are your Caps postseason expectations? I expect to have a very overly difficult path to the cup. Um, And I think they make it to the semifinals. And then from there, it's a crapshoot. I can't tell you. I don't think they got a second round, unfortunately. Wow. Really? Yeah. I think it's just, uh, it's too hard. And, uh, you know, NHL is just such a, uh, a wild card every year, so. I, I feel like if you're, you're going to be a team that has to go through a giant pause and then be expected to just kind of come back and turn it on, I want to say the Caps are probably the most poised to be able to just kind of flip of a switch, come back and play elite. <laughs> I changed my mind. I think they win the cup. <laughs> I think they win the cup. Well, they're not, they go, won't now. You just caps. jinxed it, man. There's no jinxing anymore. That was all gone with the uh, the R word. <laughs> all jinx removed. The, uh, Plus, we're the district of champions here. All jinxes are gone. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. Wizards, trash. Nats, trash. It'll be fun to watch them, but it's just to pass the time at this point. There's zero competitive point to watching these games. I mean, it's still 60 games, and they're at, what, like 9 or 10 so far? So uh, one-sixth of the season on the way. But who knows? I mean, it's such a, you know, it's such a streaky sport that maybe they can get hot for the next 50 and and um, pull something out. It'd be nice so, to get another championship here. Here's the last question, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, nobody can see this right now, but LP is rocking his Washington R-Words hoodie. You gonna keep rocking that gear outside, or are you gonna be the type that's like, uh, maybe I won't go to Costco in this shirt? And I haven't decided yet. Um, I'm surprised your tire hasn't gotten slashed. <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you this. I've got a lot of R word gear. And so <laughs> it'd be a whole new wardrobe change for me. And I don't want to do that. So I, at the very least, get rid of the tire cover with the logo. Yeah, I mean, but, th- but then I got to get rid of my license plate. Yes. But don't get rid of it because it'll be worth something eventually. There's just too much change. I don't. I don't feel like going through all that change. So, I'm. I'm telling you what. But I. But I will I'm, say this. For the record, obviously, none of us have any bad intentions with Native Americans or any of that stuff. So, you know, for all we know, you know, it was a, it was a tribute to them, and you know that that's the way I'll, I'll put it in my mind. All, all I'm you, saying if, is, and if someone tells me that it's not, yells at you. Yeah. If someone tells me it's not, I'll just say, you know, sorry, you're going to buy me new clothes. <laughs> I'll, I'll be happy to take new clothes from, from anywhere that says Washington football team established 1872 or whatever it is. <laughs> 1872. <laughs> what is it? 1927? 32. 32. Exactly. Look, all I'm going to so. say is I spent a lot of money on my custom ordered Chris Samuels Redskins jersey, and I'll say the R word, whatever. I'm not going to stop wearing it. I like Chris Samuels, and I like that jersey. 
Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'll say this: until somebody buys me new new gear, <laughs> I'll probably still rock it. Yeah, very true. Very true. I also saw that uh, Harris Teeter had a, a sale on coolers for uh, 97 cents because it had the the name on it. The styrofoam ones. Yep. Oh, I would buy. I would buy all of them. Yeah, head over to Harris Teeter. They're all there. 7-Eleven's got some stuff as well. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Walmart and Target put them back on the shelf too. Have you? They got to get rid of their taken a look? Have you taken a look at the the Pro Shop link off the, the team's website? Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. You have to look at it. So they have pictures of everything that they're selling, except they don't have a logo or or like actual products. So like if you wanted to buy an authentic Washington football team helmet. They're just showing you a picture of a white helmet with the NFL logo on it. <laughs> and like all their products are just like generic NFL logo products, like jersey frames, trading cards, helmets, all of it. Like, so if I bought a helmet, it would just come with an NFL logo on it right now? I I think it's just a placeholder and you'll eventually get one. But like, do you, do you get to pick the player of the helmet now and what number you want on it? I don't. How do you buy somebody's helmet? That's a, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. You you've got you've got the helmet. You've got a legit helmet. Are you gonna get rid of all your memorabilia? Hell no. I'm gonna keep it out. Keep it keep it proud. And and again, I mean, this is not an insult to anybody. So um, it's just a team that we, you know, ever since birth, we've been rooting for. So yeah, I mean. If I if I had a a buttload of bullets gear, I wouldn't have gotten rid of it when we turned to the Wizards. That is a perfect example. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know what? Maybe I'll buy some bullets gear too. Yeah. It's not like I'm. Are, it's not like I'm pro gun violence if I rock a bullets jersey. Yeah. Although the Karens may think you are. Yeah. Whatever. Karens can suck it. And on <laughs> that note. <laughs> It's been fun, LP, for uh, for all our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> it's still been fun, FP. It's hard to uh, to use uh, radio names every once in a while when we haven't we haven't podcasted in a while together. We'll, uh, we'll try to podcast when uh, there's some actual relevant news to discuss, and not just seedings and and training camp articles. Give me a commitment here, FP. Once a week. <sighs> Let's say 10 days. I like 10 days. It gives me like a weekend off. That's Let's do it. Once every 10 days, LP and FP will be back on. Plenty of sports to talk about in the near future. It's been fun. For DTC, District of Champions, we are out.